and welcome once again my friends to the delegator daily thought if you are left you just ain't right podcast monday edition and let's kick it right off here uh dana lash has in my opinion my humble opinion the best talk radio show going period 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 end of skin end of sentence end of discussion uh and i was listening to her a little episode of hers um uh, and you can find a link at the the Dana show, the name of her, her talk radio show, uh, and all these great little sound bites and full shows. It, it really is is good stuff. Uh, and she had an episode this morning up, uh, absurd truth, toxic masculinity, and she talked a little bit about the second gentleman. That's what they call the if the vice president's a woman as Kamala Harris is, and has a husband, then th- that's how you refer to second gentleman is the, a female vice president's hubby. I guess uh, if if a woman ever becomes president, and they will, and pray God it's not Kamala Harris, good God help us, uh, but then her husband would be, the I guess, the first gentleman. Anyway, not really important. But there's a soundbite from an interview going going around, and this guy, the second gentleman, husband of Kamala Harris, is denouncing ma- uh, toxic masculinity, and he goes on, he describes toxic masculinity as basically men being jerks, men pushing people around, bullying people, intimidating people. Uh, yes, that would be toxic, but it's not masculinity. Masculinity is is what men are supposed to be. Okay, men are supposed to be the the heavy lifters as far as physical labor, protectors, defenders of the family, defenders of their children, their wife, themselves. There are certain things that go to to being masculine. But it doesn't include pushing people around or bullying people. And the second gentleman seems to think that it does. And it's this absurd notion, basically, and Dana Lash broke it down very nicely. Basically, it comes down to this. If you're a man, if you're a guy, and you act like a guy, in other words, you jo- you go to the gym and, and you have your workout with your buddies, and you get in the locker room and you're changing and you pick on each other, and oh man, you only bench press two hundred pounds. What the hell, man? We can get a woman. It just you pick on each other. You pick on your buddies. Uh, you have competitiveness. You like physical labor. You're good and efficient at physical labor. Uh, you're willing to stand up for your family, defend your home, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So many wonderful things about being masculine. Uh, and the toxic masculinity the left always talks about. What they do is they take a bad thing, being a bully, being a jackass, being a boorish person, uh, pushing around people smaller or weaker than you, which, again, is not masculine. Uh, Just being a bad person, having a bad temper, being abusive, things like that. And they try to, to pretend masculinity is all those things. It's not. That has nothing. That's the opposite of masculinity, quite frankly. A masculine person is a person who will stand up for somebody, stick up for somebody who's weaker. They'll protect the weaker person in a fight. Uh, Things of that nature. 
that's masculinity, not uh, not what the left tries to portray it. And Dana broke it down like this. Basically, men being men, being masculine at all, having having any type of uh, masculine uh, traits, no matter how great they are, they hate men. They don't want men to be men. They want men to be weak, to be vacillating, to be unsure, to be timid, etc., etc. That's how that breaks down, and it's absolutely true. And this boob of a, of a second gentleman we have, who looks like he... I don't know what happened to his uh, his testosterone, but he doesn't look like he has any. Okay, I'm just going to say pasty white guy. Not to mean to insult him, but he's not a person I would look at and go, yeah, that's, that's a masculine person there. You know, and not, not that a masculine person has to be Billy Bad, you know what, and, and be a mixed martial artist and be able to, to fight his way out of it. That's not the definition of masculine either, but standing up for yourself, standing up for your family, working hard, uh, things like that. That's masculinity, and that is an essential part of a healthy society, quite frankly. Uh, and listen to the Dana last show. Uh, good stuff. She has really good stuff. Um, I think last week it was. I'm gonna get, I think it was last week. Uh, she jumped all over Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer of the uh, the woman I accuse of liking anger and rage so much that she actually pisses her own Cheerios every morning just to piss herself off. Uh, but she doesn't like DeSantis. She's all in for Trump, which is fine. But some of the things she says about DeSantis are so ridiculous, so asinine. Uh, she linked a news story. Well, she didn't link the news story. There was a screen grab of uh, after Parkland, and they were talking about red flag laws, and DeSantis had something to the effect of there's there's red flag red flag laws in Florida right now, and the police department at uh, around uh, the Parkland shooting, oh, was it Mar- Marjorie Stoneman High? They didn't follow up on the red flag laws and be able to take this kid in, take his firearms away, so the red flag laws weren't used. The kid went and Nicholas was it Nicholas Cruz was his name. Uh, murderous little bastard. Uh, he went in and slaughtered more than a dozen classmates. So DeSantis was remarking about red flag laws. They have them in Florida, and they were already in place when he was elected governor, by the way, and they didn't do any good, basically. So Laura Loomer takes a picture with a headline that uh, sounds makes it sound like DeSantis was calling for more red flag laws. And she posts the screen grab. She didn't post the link. I chased the link down. I actually read it. And basically it was a false attack on DeSantis. And uh, Dana Lash did not let, did did not, did not sit well with her. And she got all over Laura Loomer about it. And basically accused her of being a, um, an offhanded way about being a, uh, I don't know, a clickbaiter. Someone who just wants headlines and publicity. I don't know anything about Laura Loomer, if she gets paid to, to it, say things or tweet or write, I don't know and don't care. Uh, I'm just remarking about how certain people, and it, it disgusts me when anyone does it, it launches a false attack on somebody. But when they do it and they're a supposed conservative, as Laura Loomer paints herself as a conservative, that's that's extremely offensive to me. Because we conservatives should be better than that. 
So I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. But it got me to this story at CPAC. I think it was uh, yesterday I found it. Uh, Stacy Lennox, who I'm really not familiar with at PJ Media, wrote this uh, a couple days ago, March 4th, entitled CPAC 2023, The End of an Era. And she writes, as the legend goes, William F. Buckley, the founder of National Review, forged an alliance between social conservatives, Republicans, and libertarians to fight communism. He also booted the John Birch Society from the pact. Beginning in 1973, the Conservative Political Action Conference, you know it as CPAC, leadership and the dedicated group of activists in its ranks, ranks launched the Reagan Revolution. The Buckley Coalition elected Ronald Reagan in 1980 and launched 25 years of unmatched prosperity um, and U.S. hegemony. Uh, For the last decade, I attended CPAC to participate in that movement. Some of the most interesting and contentious debates I have ever heard occurred in the Wyndham and Gaylord Resorts suites in National Harbor, Maryland. CPAC was the premier event within the conservative movement to network, join a group, receive training, and fund a campaign or organization. Attendees also heard a diverse set of ideas from the stage. In 2016, uh, CPAC was so consequential that Jeb Bush uh, bust in supporters to cheer his speech. It's kind of sad there, Jeb. Jeb Bush is a nice guy in my opinion. He He's not my pick as a a model Republican. Let me just say that. Certainly not a model conservative. Uh, This year, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, broadly seen as President Trump's strongest competitor in 2024, chose to speak in Houston, Texas instead. Now, many of the people I met at CPAC, she writes, uh, are at CPAC adjacent events. Don't speak to one another. Here begins the problem, and the debate is over. Nearly every speaker who talks about 2024 insists that Donald Trump must be the nominee. And again, I've said this multiple times. I'll say it again. Uh, I think Trump was a great president. If he gets reelected in 2024 and gets president, a team mumbles and stumbles the hell out of the the office, the White House, good. Um, I have my doubts. But if he does, I'll be perfectly happy. Okay? Very, very... Very happy with the job President Trump did as president. Most of the attendees seemed to agree, and a small crowd surrounded by, or excuse me, surrounded Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia, as she made her way to the John Burr Society's booth in CPAC Central for an interview. The hollowing out of CPAC is a heartbreak is heartbreakingly evident. The staff of National Review has not attended for the last several years. The last time I recall seeing them was in 2016 when they gave me a commemorative Never Trump t-shirt. Still, it could have been a pleasure to have a beer with Charles C.W. Cook, a great writer, great thinker, I like him a lot, during RhinoCon at the, at the public house as we pay tongue-in-cheek homage to Mitt Romney. He may be the worst Republican, Mitt Romney. Talk about a phony. However, it appears that kind of that kind of levity and collegiality is no longer a feature of the conference. I never went to CPAC. I probably never will. But to me, it was a, a unifying of conservatives. Some libertarians, some more socially conservative, some more fiscally conservative. 
but it was all people that were basically on the same team that we had disagreements. And Lord knows I have a lot of disagreements with a lot of uh, what we'd call rhinos, uh, like John McCain before he passed away, uh, just being all about him. Again, there's a certain time you should leave office. Uh, RhinoCon at the public house Wednesday night was the first casualty of the Civil War within the party and two years away from National Harbor. Fox News is nowhere to be found, and many other popular outlets are absent from Radio Row. Real America's Voice is the most prominent attraction, and Newsmax is the primary sponsor. The crush of people narrowing the hall toward the ballroom entrance was was fixated on Steve Bannon's morning broadcast live from the Gaylord. The Trump campaign lightning rod also uh, gave a speech that would be against Steve Bannon. It seems that we're getting divided earlier and earlier in election cycles. Uh, I remember in 2004, I looked at the people running, Romney and Huckabee and uh, Rudy Giuliani, and there was Fred Thompson. To me, Fred Thompson was easily the best pick. He was the most conservative, had the best conservative record. I supported him until he dropped out, and I still don't know why he didn't really attract more people. But it was the the division of some people. Try, it's like they only care to divide the party. What I want is for people to come together and unite and beat Democrats. And the best way to do that is to find the best conservative thinkers and principled conservatives and get them elected to House seats, Senate seats, uh, winning gubernatorial races and president obviously um but we become more and more divided and there are certain people who want to divide us you have certain people who never belonged anywhere near the conservative mantle the conservative uh, tent if you will like little bitch nick fuentes and his groiper loser friends uh, you have people like the loathsome Lincoln Project, if they're still around. If they're still around, hide your sons, your young sons. That's all I can say about them. But you have a lot of groups that all it is is about them. They want success for themselves, ratings for them, cushy jobs for them. And they don't care about Republicanism or conservatism or beating Democrats or beating liberal candidates or beating increasingly leftist candidates. It's like issues don't matter. It's how much face time can I get? I understand clickbait. I understand getting hits. So I get, get that. You have to get readership to uh, and listenership to your podcast, your blog, your website, whatever. I don't mind that. But it's, it's the attacking other people. Consider I've had more people commenting that Ron DeSantis is a Jeb Bush foil. Why are they upset? Why are they making that connection? I'll tell you why. Because Jeb Bush, as a governor of Florida, was asked. I mean, Jeb Bush, has his father was president. His older brother was two-term president. He was a governor of Florida. Ron DeSantis, many people think, will run. He's the governor of Florida. So he was asked by a Fox News reporter, do you think it's it's the right year for DeSantis to run? Kind of a generic question. You ask somebody who has run for president who's been a governor. And Jeb Bush said yes. So from that little bit, 
These people went nutsoid and accused Ron DeSantis of being a foil for Jeb Bush. That's not being hateful. That's not just being ignorant. That's being assholes. What is wrong with you? If you think Trump is the best guy for the job, I'm all for Trump being president again. I've said it and said it. I've heard dozens of DeSantis supporters say it. They like both men. They don't understand the fighting. I don't get it. This tendency now to go full bore nuclear and attacking people. You're either a, and to many Trump supporters, and I hate to see it because it won't play well on election day, I fear. You're either pro-Trump or you're a traitor. I've had people tell me, I, I don't care if Trump doesn't get the nomination, I won't vote. So you'll sit there and have a conversation with me and, and tell me all the things wrong with the left, all the things, the ways the left is killing the country, destroying the country, trying to tear us apart and redefine us, trying to make us more and more and more left-wing and more Marxist. But you won't vote for, uh, if Trump doesn't get the nomination, you won't vote. Helping a Democrat continue to do that to America. I'm sorry, but I have to ask the question. How far up your ass is your head? I mean, this is cutting your nose off to spite your face. And that's when I see now there's less, less cohesion. You could disagree. You could joke around. You could have really meaningful debate and discussion. But at the end of the day, you understood that the Democratic Party is bad for this country. Just bad. You can understand that... Uh, Yes, there are certain Republicans who really, they're not even Republicans. Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney, Larry Hogan, uh, to name a few. But you understood there was a basic unity. You were on a team and you wanted your team to win at the end of the day. It's the same thing with e with CPAC. I've never been, but it always felt like a cool place maybe to, to go one day. I came close to going one year. And something came up, I couldn't go. But I felt like there was you were part of this, part of something, part of a team. Now I, you look at it and you go, man, if if this doesn't change, Trump is attacking DeSantis every damn day. I don't understand it. It's stupid. It's foolish. And all you're doing is pissing off your own base and people who who might say DeSantis is their choice. You're just muddying the waters and poisoning the waters. Okay? The presidential race, my friends, is not Ohio. And we are not a freight train loaded with noxious gases and fumes that's going to hurt people. So let's stop acting like it. Okay? Remember, end of the day, beat Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or whoever the Democratic uh, Socialist nominee is. Understand what socialism is. That's the Democratic Party. That's your number one priority is to beat them. And let's, by God, not get stuck with another lousy candidate that we have to hold our nose for. We've got Trump. He's shown what he is. He's shown what he can do. We've got DeSantis. By God, he's doing it right now, kicking the you-know-what out of the woke people. And he's not passing out candy to them. Somehow, he's a rhino now. Because why? No reason. 
Look at the man's record. Look at Trump. Look at You have two excellent choices, in my opinion. And if we don't stop what we're doing, we're going to fuck around and lose this election. And may God have mercy in the United States if another Joe Biden four years we get or another, another leftist Democrat becomes president. God help us. So let's do better, people. And if you want to get mad at me for saying all this, feel free. Feel free, my friends. Uh, but I hope you don't. I hope you actually listen. I care about this country more than anything else. Okay? This country matters. And getting the best person in the White House matters. Just like getting Senate majority matters. Just like keeping and increasing a House majority matters. Just like we've seen recently. Like Supreme Court nominees matter. So it's my plea to you folks. Really, seriously. Now let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Team Mumbles and Stumbles. The Biden administration. The disaster that is trying to kill America. The Biden administration is admitting that fossil fuels uh, have better energy security. This is from Pirate Cove, my good friend William Teach. Uh, so what does that mean, better energy security? Here's the headline. Biden administration makes stunning admission on climate agenda in a leaked internal memo. That's how you know they're telling the truth. It's an internal memo that was leaked. They didn't want it to get out, but it did. The Biden administration acknowledged in a memo accidentally leaked on Friday that charging fossil fuel companies less, listen closely, less to drill would provide greater energy security for America and for the American people. In other words, it would benefit us. In other words, it would help to make America great again. Now, this is despite its plans to hike royalty fees. So they're kicking the fossil fuel companies in the nuts over and over and over and over when they know it doesn't benefit the country. Does that sound like patriotism to you? Because it doesn't to me. Does it sound like they care about the American people? No, it doesn't to me either. Former Bureau of Ocean Energy Management, that's B-O-E-M, Another one of the alphabet soup agencies under government that's uh, just killing this country with regulation. Uh, Director Amanda Lefton, <laughs> Lefton recommended late last year that as a part of its climate agenda, the Department of the Interior move forward with higher royalty fees for oil and gas lease, lease sales spanning 958,202 acres in the Cook Inlet off the coast of Alaska. According to the memo obtained by Fox News Digital, DOI Assistant Secretary Laura Daniel Davis ultimately signed off on the recommendation. Here's a quote. If a Cook Inlet prospect would be developed, there would be additional government revenues and greater energy security for the state of Alaska beneficial for Americans, especially if development of natural gas resources in the Cook Inlet ameliorated the long-term supply challenges facing the Anchorage area. Nevertheless, because of the serious challenges facing the nation from climate change and the impact of greenhouse gases, 
from Fossil Fuels. BOEM is not recommending this option since it would not include an appropriate surcharge tax to account for those impacts, she continued. And William Teach, he asked the question, got it? You got that? Developing fossil fuel sources would provide greater energy security and be better for the citizens of Alaska. Someone should lie to Biden and tell him it's part of Ukraine. Then he might help the state. But we can't have that in the face of this phony, made-up, BS climate apocalypse. The Department of the Interior mistakenly, mistakenly posted an internal memo making recommendations to Acting Assistant Secretary for Land and Minerals Management, Laura Daniel Davis, on the Cook Inlet oil and gas lease sales 258 mandated excuse me, by the Inflation Reduction Act. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, who helped author the IRA, said in a statement Friday, He said, I am appalled by its contents, which make crystal clear that this administration is literally putting their radical climate agenda ahead of the needs of the people of Alaska and the United States, he continued. And of course, these are people that Joe Manchin sold his soul out to, as as William Teach at Pirates Cove makes note. So they know they're screwing America. They don't care. They have an agenda. And you're going to pay the price. Your kids are going to pay a bigger price. God help your grandkids. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. But you all have to pay a price for their damned agenda. You want to know why I'm so passionate about not reelecting a Democrat to the White House? I think you can figure that one out, my friends. And a quick one here at the end. Again, this is from... uh, I... uh, Irons in the Fire, uh, great blog. It is linked at the Daily Gator, obviously. Scotland has become the first country in the world to stop its hospitals using, guess what? What would what would be so stupid for hospitals not to use to fight climate change? How about anesthetics? How about this particular anesthetic? Uh, called Desflorance, uh, Deflor- Desflorane, excuse me, because of the threat it poses to the environment. I wonder how much evidence it actually does that. I wonder actually how much. Uh, NHS data suggests the gas used to keep people unconscious during surgery, because that's kind of important, has a global warming potential 2,500 times greater than carbon dioxide. Uh, Banning it in Scotland uh, from its peak use in 2017 would cut emissions equal to powering 1,700 homes a year. I doubt their numbers because they lie, but let's go with that. UK hospitals have already cut down on the use of this, and medical teams are now forbidden to use desflurane, even if their medical opinion, even if they're in their medical opinion, they're the doctors, they're the experts, Even in their opinion, desflurane is the best anesthetic for the procedure. So in that scenario, at least patient health comes second to the Scottish health climate agenda. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? And again, why am I so passionate about this election? 
if it's going on in Scotland now and Europe now, it'll, it'll make its way here eventually. This agenda the left has an absolute mad rabid craze for to fight climate change. It'll wreck everything and wreck us. And they just can't seem to help themselves. Frankly, I've seen crack addicts with more self-control than the Democrats of the day when it comes to screwing America and screwing the American people and screwing up everything to pursue their twisted, ugly, obscenely idiotic narratives and agendas. And I'm done, my friends. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And go Gators. Three rules to life. My friends, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Be good. Take care of yourselves. And for God's sakes, don't use that anesthetic. You might kill the environment or something in Scotland. Y'all be good. We'll talk tomorrow. Take care. Peace out, my fellow Americans.